Rewind and Digress is a fakeshem.net podcast proudly presented by Viewlorium. Alternative movies, alternative streaming, totally free at viewlorium.com. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by Rewind and Digress to hit pause on the now, track back to one of our favourite films, shoot the ship, and defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. I'm Jarrett and I'm with Glenn and Sean and we're fakeshemp.net. On this episode, we're rewinding back to 1984 to discuss Nick Castle's intergalactic adventure classic, The Last Starfighter. Gentlemen, how you doing? Oh, I'm very good, thank very you. Very well, sir. Now, this is something I don't usually touch on straight away, but I'm going to, because Sean, had you seen this film prior to, you know, knowing that we're going to do the podcast? Uh, I had, I, I'd seen it. Oh, uh, um, I'd seen it. I I'd seen it. I used to watch it when I was a kid, and oh, I hadn't okay. I hadn't seen it in years and years and years. Right. And I and I it was I was weird because I just off my own back uh, revisited it about I don't know six and nine months ago. Like, oh, that's starfly I should watch that again. And then a couple of weeks. What ago. What was the draw for you to revisit it? Um, oh, it's a couple of steps divide because. We, the new Halloween installment dropped. Of course, yep, yep. And then I, you know, I remembered, you know, I was looking into who played the shape in the new right. Halloween. Then I realized Nick Castle was the original one. And I thought, I wonder what Nick Castle's done recently. And then when I looked at his IMDb page, Last Starfighter popped up. I was like, oh, Last Starfighter. Yeah, that's, that. that's how you got there. That's how I got there. Uh, yeah, I used to just trash this on VHS. It yeah. was one of those movies as a kid. It was a staple, absolute staple. Um, funnily enough, like I never really thought of the connection, but I used to thrash the boy who could fly at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, there were two that I just sort of bounced between, and as a kid, I didn't really connect the dots. But no, you know, no, that was no. obviously directed by Nick Castle too. Um, but last, last Starfighter, yeah, anything with like Flight of the Navigator, Last Starfighter, yeah. that kind of yeah. era. It was a good era for adventure. Like yeah. you had like the Goonies, yeah. and you had yeah. like. Um, I don't know, Adventures in Babysitting, stuff like that. Like, it was always, always adventure in that era. Yeah. Weirdly, for some reason, I always get Last Starfire and Wolfgang Peterson's Enemy Mine. They're Another for, one from that time. Yeah. yeah. For some, yeah, reason, was, for some reason, they're inexplicably yeah. linked in my head, and I don't know where the connection comes from. It could be the makeup, from. because... It could got, be the um, makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, yeah. who has that makeup that looks like a reptilian he does. Yeah. Easter egg. Yes. And <laughs> he's got um, yeah. Lewis Gossett Jr. Jr.'s character. Yeah. Almost Easter egg-like. How good's enemy mine? Um... Yeah, so I mean, the other one is um, that I used to always mistake this for was a, I used to think this was a John Carpenter film because of Starman. Like, of course, just, yeah, 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 not the same. But you know, no. in my mind, I always thought John Carpenter directed this. Yeah, for a very Starman. long time. Underrated. Two, yes. two of my favorite scores of all time are from these two films, and yeah, and they were right around the same Wait, period what, as one another. Hmm. Which two films? Last Starfighter and Starman. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything love Carpenter those does. Two scores. Yeah. Like honestly, yeah. I'm you know I love scores in the context of watching a film, but I rarely listen to scores outside of watching the movie. But these two scores come up on my playlist. In fact, um, unfortunately, the Starman scores just dropped off Spotify recently. It breaks my fucking heart because anytime I feel like I don't know, I just want to feel like emotion, 
and maybe I'm at work and I'm just because yeah. I've just been acting like a robot pumping things out and getting things out. I was like trying to queue up a bit of emotions with that Starman theme when I went to it the other day. I was like, it's off Spotify. I was like, fucking up. I had to listen to one on YouTube and I'm like, well, just look, not let's right. just hope <laughs> for a step. Let's hope there's going to be a soundtrack for the uh, new Child's Play movie because that's a robot that you can sort of sink your teeth yeah, into. Yeah, it's uh, true. As long as he looks like, you know, uh, Craig or, you know, Luke Gossett Jr. Yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> an Easter egg reptile. Um, look, I saw this film on video countless times on VHS growing up and it was it was one of those films, you, it was just such an easy watch. You could go back and rewatch classic sort of adventure. Um, we all played video games. Yeah. Like, it was something we could easily connect well, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, well, at that yeah. time though too because it was really like... It was the Tron era as well. It was, it was the early days. Yeah. It was like, it was, you know, we had a video game system in our house when I was very young television yeah. and it was similar to like Atari and that's obviously yeah. pre-NES because NES didn't really come out into the US market let alone the Australian market until the late 80s the yeah. Famicom was out in Japan in the mid yeah. 80s um, but this was really that era of coin ops, so going to arcades and playing yes. video games. I don't know so. about you guys, but the video stores I used to go to had a couple of arcades. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, had yeah. Robocop, yeah. the arcade game, yeah. at one of our video stores. But even Robo, like some Rainbow of the... Video. Do you remember like uh, supermarkets like Black and White, like um, Franklin's No Frills? Oh, Franklin's they used to have them out the front too. Like, yeah. 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 That's where classic, I used to play classic Gone are the games. days. The Konami Capcom era of good old side-scrolling action games. That's what I'm getting oh. at. Like, we, we knew this type of thing we knew games yeah. very yeah. well back then you know? yeah yeah it was, a d- it was a different time zone time zone still existed some of them still exist now yeah, really do they there's one at sunshine is there really it is like the shopping center or marketplace that time forgot shut yeah. up. i think there's one in knox this is really victorian mind yeah, you this is yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. people in uh, i don't know vancouver won't understand yeah it's just basically an arcade yeah an arcade full I, of i love arcades but last time we went to the movies i think we were there about 40 minutes earlier instead of danny it's like Daytona, I hope they've still got it there. I walked in and I had a look around and I was like, you know, I'm banging for a game of day. How often do I like that? That's something that I say. Fuck a mung down on this one. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I walked in there and I kind of went, you know, times have changed and I'm old and I'm conscious of the things around me. I was like, people don't wash their hands and they've been touching these games. Hey, they never did, dude. They never did. I know, I know, Uh, I know. And now, but now I'm conscious of that. And I was like, no, maybe I don't want to play Daytona unless I've got like some hand sanitizer, sanitizer, you know, to (laughs) clean everything down. Have you been to the arcade um, at Crown Casino? Is that the... Oh, is that the one that's arcade? done... It What's like it called? Blackout Galactic like Circus. No, no, Galactic Circus. Yes. It's, um, it's on the, the car park level. It yeah, is it's, it's, phenomenal. It's in the new section in the yeah. bottom you level. You know where we go to yeah. screenings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just below there. Yeah, right. Um, sort of more towards the, I guess, the south side. I don't know. Right, yeah. But uh, I went in there about two weeks ago. I was there for a screening and I parked on that level. I thought, fuck it, I'm going to walk in there. It's like a kid in Candyland, man. I'm oh, like, I have to come back here with some money. What is it? What does it cost these days to play a game? Don't know. Because it used know. to cost two dollars, like a two dollar coin. They have a store which I thought was like a candy store, and I'm like, yeah. oh, we can get some cool shit here. And I went, went in there. Drugstore. <laughs> this is in the arcade, right? Right. And I realized what it is. It's the prize store. So it's oh, it's oh like they're still giving the tickets. You give them the tickets, and each because I'm looking for the prices. Like I want some of those. What's the price? And then it says twenty tickets. I'm like, right. oh my god, this is where you walk you in. Gotta when go you got to go and earn them the old. So you gotta, yeah, yeah, you got to earn them on the games. You can't buy any of that stuff. Yeah. You got to win it. But right. it's a shop. No joke. And that was fucking great. So That's if you're crazy. in Crown, go have a look. It's like there's been these sort of, you know, bars that have popped up over the years where, you know, they're aimed at, you know, nostalgia sort of core. Going yeah, there was one. Drinks, play the video games. My mate, when I, when I was living in America, when I was living in New York, my mate was living, I 
couldn't afford to live in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. He was living in Manhattan, and around the corner from his house was was it you know you know like at the beginning of like we mentioned Tron, yeah. the beginning when Jeff Bridges is playing the game and everybody's crying around the Corner store arcade. Yeah, 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 that arc- yeah. The, one of those arcades opened up around the corner from my mate's house, like in the movie and, Arcade. Yeah, and it yeah. was thumping. <laughs> it was thumping all the time. Yeah, Just people yeah. drinking beer and playing vi- like old yeah. school video games. All and it was so much fun. Yeah, it was so fun. much fun. I think one of the first places when I was, I think I was in Brooklyn, and I I saw it and I was like, what? Like, a, I knew that they had one at Crown back in the day. It was actually on the same level as the yeah. escalators in the cinema, mm. and you could um you know go in there. And I, remember that, or whatever. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. It was that, a bit yeah. flash, you know. But had like the, uh, old school dirty arcade, game. there was like one in Brooklyn. I was like, fuck, this is like a dirty old arcade, but it's aimed at you know. You know, hipsters. Yeah, hipsters. And, you know, yeah, you yeah, yeah, want to yeah. go and have a drink and play games. It's fucking rad. Now, obviously, there, there's a ton of them in Melbourne. There's one in the city. There's one in. Um, I was in Fitzroy. one two weeks ago. Yeah. Playing darts, electronic darts, off my face. Right. Well, firstly, look, I want to say, look, I'm very happy with myself because I managed to throw in another Pune reference. But secondly, yeah, that was the best digression that we have had. Massive, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the earliest, I think, the earliest one we've had because we haven't even touched on the synopsis. Well, can I get right back to one thing you said at the start? Yeah. You said I, I don't normally do this. What were you referring to? Oh, just jumping straight into the first watch thing because I was going to like oh, talk right. about a bit of other stuff, but I was like, nah, fuck, I really need to know when did Sean see this film? Was this? Why, yeah, why? We, because that's... Because well, we did Electric Dreams and... Um, oh, yeah, of course. Same era. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, you know, and you loved it. Electric Dreams. Was I think, I've, um, I've actually spoken about Electric Dreams since then on another podcast because I'm just like, oh my God, I fucking love that you, film You know what so I watched much. recently? The Hotspot. Oh yeah, you did for I, the first I time. It and then I realized I think I've seen this movie before, but it didn't matter because it had your your lady in it, Virginia Virginia Madsen, Madsen and Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, bearing all, um, but a really good neo noir. Yeah, but well. I, I was outside really cool. of the, the 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 obvious appeal. You know, Virginia Madsen. It is a really it's solid a cool film. film. It's a real De- slow Dennis burn. Really Dennis cool Hopper. Film. Have you seen it? Mm. Go ahead. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis Hopper directed it. Really solid. Just best, trying to best I'm dollar just trying to spend it cashies. Think about what your first. Comment when we asked if you'd seen Electric Dreams. I think you just saw it. and You said it's fucking charming. Yeah, it is. It's <laughs> really, yeah, it is because it, because it was. It's such a charming little film. I really like. I really fell in love with that film. So, Last Starfighter, Jared. Take Last Starfighter. So one of the other things I remember. Can you know, growing up. Okay, sorry. Can I stop? Just just while, just, 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 just while we're talking about video stories. Did you see oh, yeah. the, the article in, in the Herald Sun last week? And it was uh, the Herald Sun went to Frankston, right? And Frankston, for right. those that don't know, Frankston's a bit of a reputation of a hellish suburb mm-hmm. and there's still one video store left and and it hasn't changed since the back in the day it's still a civic video still does mad mondays new releases two dollars yeah, you know yeah, like right. wicked wednesdays all that kind of stuff and uh it was in the herald sun it was you know the video store that time didn't forget it's still gangbusters like it's still going great guns it's because it's on a tourist um gateway through the, the peninsula, peninsula. probably and people going on holidays yeah. on caravans and whatnot don't yeah. have any kind of paper because it's actually the, the location of which about a three minute drive from my um, parents in law. So whenever yeah, I go to my parents in law, I always yeah. swing past and grab some ex rentals on the way through. Anyway, I just thought it'd be like it's, 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 there's very few left, and it was mentioned yeah, in the Herald right. Sun the That's other day. Two digressions. digressions. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back on topic for the last stuff. I did. The other thing I remember having watched the film countless times on video growing up was the book and tape. You know those books and tapes they yeah. used to release and, you know, it was like 24 pages. They Turn the page yeah, down. Yeah, the sound of yeah. the chimes. Yeah. Uh, and I had this. So I used to thrash that until we you know, started bootlegging videos the... at home. Yeah. So this was my <laughs> right. way to relive the movie was yeah, to listen yeah. to the tape Digression the number book. three. What books did you have oh, like man. that? I had The Black Stallion. Right. That yeah. was a great one. Um, do you remember Sparky the Train? 
No. no. Okay, well, we won't talk about that no, one. No, you're Sparky, the guy down at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> he's no good. Yeah, he's uh, not not a trend. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary Poppins, they were great books. You should see Sparky on ice. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> good, nice. No, that was good. <laughs> I, yeah. like I, I, had, I had a few of the Disney ones, like yeah. Oliver and Company, Lady yeah. and the Tramp. And I had a couple other weird movie ones that are odd that they did books and tape ones of, like... Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I, I Goonies, Revenge of the um, sorry, Revenge. I was gonna say Revenge of the Jedi, Re, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, I actually had the Goonies one on a seven inch, you really? know, and yeah, so it was double sided, and you know, six minutes on the first side, six minutes on the second. Yeah, and I was never allowed to play it because I wasn't allowed to touch the turntable when I was. Well, like, I was about nice, to say that, yeah. like, usually yeah. these are like a babysitting tool, totally. so the parents can leave the kid with the book. Yeah. But this one makes you flip the fucking record. <laughs> no, yeah. totally. The kid is allowed to touch that. I know, like the record needle. Jesus, I never had. I never. I don't think I remember ever having one of the ones, the the, the sort of short form ones. I think the, the the earliest one I can remember was I used to have the Thief of Always by Clive Barker, which was Clive, one of Clive Barker's children's mm. books. Yeah, right. still to this day, it's got my favorite opening line. Harvey Swick was swallowed by the great, great beast of February. And I always loved that first line. And was it just line. a book on tape? Or it was just you... a book on tape. Oh, but it didn't have the turn of the page. Politic, funnily enough. On, did you really? Yeah, I had that as a book on tape. What well. the? Oh, really? Yeah. That's a bit, I mean, I that's a bit. pretty heavy going. Pretty know. heavy going for a six-year-old. Yeah. Like. <laughs> we know who. Um, a lot about uh, our, 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 <laughs> our old mate Mick Garris adapted that into a film. Yeah, he did. Quicksilver Highway. Of course, yeah. Actually, I think I got the uh, X rental from your video store. <laughs> funny enough, how's that? Oh, okay, so that that was that was obviously another digression. Let's tell the people what the film's about. And in doing that, I'm just going to read the synopsis from the studio from Universal. It says, after Earthling Alex conquers the Starfighter video game, he's recruited by the alien Centuri to be part of an elite legion of fighters, leaving behind his trailer park home for the outer regions of space. Alex becomes the last hope for the Blue Star League and hundreds of worlds, including Earth. So yeah, yeah. it kind of sums it up. It doesn't tell you all the subplots, but yeah. it's enough. It's basically just Wizard of Oz in space. What? No. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us why. <laughs> well, because like ordinary kid gets whisked away to an extraordinary place where he, you know, becomes the prophesized ones, making you know friends along the way, and then overthrows the bad guy at the end. It's basically just. The Wizard when of Oz in like space. Well, I guess yeah. I guess there's a lot of films that are probably. Yeah, I mean it's it's a, it's a hero template, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I mean like yeah, it's yeah. this it's pretty explicitly the hero's journey. Right. If never, only he had a never small story. dog. He didn't have a small dog. That would have made the last Starfighter <laughs> even better. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah, it would have actually. <laughs> didn't yeah. he have? Didn't he have a, a dog in the poster? No, just a whole lot of shit. Oh, you're you know, you're thinking carry. of um, the peanut butter solution, which has a very similar no, 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 <laughs> definitely. I could. I mean, standing there with his. Football yeah, and he's got everything, like everything under his shoulder, as if he's going to college. And a, like a whisk you know, of magic. Which is pretty much what it is. It's like a college sort of thing. Yeah. I've got all this shit, I'm going to college, but instead he's going to But I reckon space. I've seen this poster a do- half a dozen times or so in mm. other films, you know, like oh, the, totally. the template. Oh, for yeah. sure. It's a great poster. Do you remember the it peanut butter solution cool. where it's the window? And yeah, it, and yeah. he's got the huge hair looking out into the window, isn't it? Or um, something like that? No, it's not even from the film. It's just a image they've knocked yeah, up but this he's, he's for got, the video that came he's got out, his yeah? toys and dog mm. beside him and he's looking up and there's right. like a whisk of magic right yeah yeah alright how many digressions is that should we take a shot every time I reckon yeah, if it's well, a this is going to be a long podcast yeah drinking game is going to be I should probably forewarn there is a lot of notes so Glenn <laughs> suggested I tell the people maybe to grab a coffee before you know they start listening and it's probably a good opportunity to pause and do so now but I also said to him maybe they should grab a fucking thermos because I've got six-page <laughs> notes on the last Starfighter, so buckle in. Maybe an espresso martini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Start smashing through X. them. Start smashing X. through them, and we'll try and bite our tongues now, as long um, as we can. Sean mentioned, obviously, the director's Nick Castle, and this was Nick Castle's sophomore directorial feature following a film he did earlier called Tag, The Assassination Game in 1981 with Robert Carradine and Linda Hamilton. Now, was that just called Tag in some places, or was, did it always have that tag? Was that a tagline, or was that the title? No, that was a title. It was one of those really I remember Tag, but not the titles. rest. Tag. Tag, no The Assassination Game. It's up on YouTube if you want to watch it. Like, because I don't think it's actually had a disc release. Yeah, right. Funnily enough, really. I, yeah, at least not locally. I, I don't think it's had a disc release in the states. But someone's uploaded it from a VH rip, VHS rip to God YouTube, so you can you can have a look at it. But the same year that Castle uh, did that, his debut feature, he also co-wrote the screenplay for Escape from New York with yeah. legendary John Carpenter, uh, and those guys went way back. They were buddies from USC. Yep. They worked together on yeah. uh, The Resurrection of Bronco Billy, which is a short film, which uh-huh. is the only film that Nick Castle actually has been a cinematographer on. Right. And they co-wrote that together also. But they'd have kind of have this working relationship. Like Obviously, like you'd said previous that uh, Nick Castle appeared as the shape in the original Halloween. Yeah, he was Michael Myers. Yeah. And uh, he would work a on a few other boy. things with Carpenter over the years. Did he? Uh, did, was he on Dark Star as he well? He was, yeah. yeah. He was, I think he was a... Ooh, I know that he played an uncredited role as an alien in it, but he also oh, he was a camera assistant as well because that's yeah. the closest I think he ever came back to. He was the, he was that big yeah. ball that went down the corridor. The beach ball. <laughs> 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 um, and the pair, yeah, the pair actually were in a band together, the Coop de Vils. Mm. Oh, really? They appear as their band in The Boy Who Could Fly. Oh, do they? Yeah, they perform in the yeah. film, um, which was in I think it was in '86, which was the very same year. That the Coupe de Ville's would do the theme song for Big Trouble in Little China, John Carpenter's classic. Oh, wow, so, so good. It's pretty cool. Actually, and there's a cool story. When I saw John Carpenter play last year in October in LA, during the concert at one point, it was when they went to do the Big, um, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. He does a call out to Nick Castle. Nick Castle's sitting in the seating above, so strolled over to have a little look at because they put a spotlight on him, got off and waved, and he said to Nick, you know, da 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 da, made a crack about when are we going to do that reunion tour? The Coupe de Ville's, I'm like, yeah, make that fucking happen now. <laughs> yeah, make that well, happen tomorrow. I honestly thought at that point, maybe he's going to be led up to stage and just start busting out with the band. Uh, you're like the only one in the room it's that's pretty like, cool. on, onto this. Is yeah. like, I know Every- what's going yeah, on. Everybody else in the room is just cool. like, who the fuck is Nick Castle? All they wanted to yell is, I love the last Starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, that's enough look about Nick Castle. Unless, actually, you want to talk about your favourite Nick Castle film, which is probably going to be The Last Starfighter, let's, you know, let's be honest, but... I don't think I know any other Nick Castle well, film. He, he, other did, than he did direct Mr. Wrong with Alan DeGeneres, so I don't know if you're <laughs> a big fan of that one. With uh, Bill, Bill, Pullman, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman in as well, yeah. And didn't he come back and do Halloween Resurrection? Uh, no, that was Rick Rosenthal. Ah, uh, it was Rick yeah. Rosenthal. He yeah. played the shape as well, didn't he? No. Really? No, but he oh, did no, direct, but he did direct uh, Halloween 2. That's what I'm thinking. Yes, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a funny point because when I touch on actors, which I'm going to jump jump in the gun. That's right. Jump because away. Um, the lead that plays Alex Lance Guest was in Halloween 2. Yeah, right. And that was like his first feature film, and uh, like his, I think the only feature film between this and Last Starfighter because he did do a lot of TV stuff. He's pretty casual. Yeah. Like he's 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 got a, he's got a nice. He's pretty. He's got a great boy next door yeah, quality to him. He's, but he doesn't look like you know an eighteen year old. Like that's does true. he? He doesn't no, look he like doesn't. he's just finished high school. He's waiting for that bank loan so looks, he can get to college. Yeah, it looks like he's been he living in a caravan for the last five years. He does. Yeah. He does. No wonder he wants to get out of that fucking <laughs> caravan park. Um, but neither does Catherine, um, Catherine Mary Stewart either. Um, I mean, she was a year older than Lance. She was actually 24 when they shot this film and she was playing an 18-year-old as well. So, yes. I mean, but given that 
this is what the young people look like in this town, and it's probably just something wrong with the water. I mean, they live in a trailer park. Who knows? Yeah, Wasn't you know. she in Weekend of Bernie's? She fucking she was. was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> well, she was. Okay. And she was also Knight of the Comet. Classic. And um, She uh, was as well, wasn't she? You're name, absolutely right. What's the name of that Penelope Spheris film? Gun came bef- no, know. came before Wayne's World. Dude from that Charlie Sheen TV show. Dudes. 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 That's it. dudes. dudes. <laughs> You're like the dude from it. I'm like, it was dudes. Yes, dude. John Cryer. Yeah. yeah John Cryer yeah, was in yeah. it. I watched it a couple of years back. Yeah. yeah right. Very punk rock, obviously, because she did Suburbia and she did like the decline of Western civilization yep. and that. Um, I actually read an article about movie. her recently. Like, she's dead now, isn't she? Uh, I don't no, dead, Penny Marshall. Oh, Penny Marshall's Penny dead. Penny Marshall's yeah, 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 yeah. passed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Poor old <laughs> Penny Marshall. Yeah, poor yeah. Now they're fucking ripping off her concepts of films. Like, she didn't write that film, did she? She just directed it. But He's anyway, referring to Little. We're, uh, yeah, we are. We're talking about Little. Um, another, another one there. What's another the opposite digression? of Big? Little. Ah, interesting. Clever. You Clever. see, you like, you like what I did there? It was very obvious. I did feed you the line. You did feed me the line. So the last Starfighter. <laughs> the last Starfighter was written by a chap named Jonathan Vitale. And this was his first feature screenplay and arguably his best. He did go on to write a film the following year, My Science Project, which uh-huh. is which is a pretty cool film, but it's no last Starfighter. <laughs> um, I would face. agree. It's a good film though. Um, but yeah, he wrote this film when he was working as like a, a junior copywriter at an advertising company and doing um, taxi driving on the side. And he was inspired because on his lunch break, he walked into a video game arcade and saw a young kid playing like uh, one of the games and he was reading like the Once and Future King at the time. He thought, oh, what if we were to combine those two Yeah. and turn it into, you know, this um, this kid that's playing the video game that unlocks the high score that allows him to, you know, travel somewhere to, you know, save yeah. the galaxy instead of taking Fuck, the Fuck, all this time I stop. thought he'd seen The Wizard of Oz. You know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Hey, does that mean The Wizard of Oz ripped off the Once and Future King? It right? may have, I don't know. T.H. White. Um, but yeah, so that was the inspiration. I mean, obviously it's not an entirely new concept, yep. but in that context, it's quite original. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, like, don't, don't, please don't get me wrong. Like, no. you know, the, the, the hero's journey. No, please rip on my favourite <laughs> film. No, I'm kidding, it's not my favourite, but it's my favourite um, Nick Castle. The, 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 um, the hero's journey is mm. typical. Classic, you know, it's yeah. like, it's it's... Beverly Hills Cop, it's Lord of the Rings, it's Star Wars. Did you just put Beverly Hills Cop and Wizard of Oz in the same? They're exact. They're exactly the same film. <laughs> I missed the banana and the tailpipe gag and Wizard of Oz. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but tell me. No, please explain why. Because I know I believe you, but I just want to hear because that'll be awesome. I can't tell if I'm being serious be or not. To, no, because now I'll be able to. I'll be watching Beverly Hills totally, Cop, and I'm like, he totally looks like he's taking the piss. It does I'm look gen- like he's no, taking the Mickey. Like, but I'm genuinely. I want to hear it. Either way, I want to hear it too. Well, because I mean, like the, the stocks, the, the stock standard hero's journey is protagonist living an ordinary life in an ordinary place, right? But Detroit, wants to, yeah. yeah, wants to get out. It's Detroit, or it's Hobbiton, yeah. or it's you know. Um, Do you remember Dorothy's drug addicted best friend at the start? <laughs> But then, then there's 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 no, I don't. But I believe there's a director's cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and maybe it's in that one. And Dark then Wars. and then and then there's a call to action, which is Gandalf knocking at the door, right. or it's the tornado that takes her to Kansas, or yeah. it's winning the video game. Right, right. Then he gets to an extraordinary world that's being that's being oppressed by a dark force, which mm. is he gets from Hobbiton to Middle Earth. Middle Earth is being oppressed by Sauron. Or she gets to Oz and it's been oppressed by the and wicked Axel witch. Arrives. Or our Axel arrives right. and it's the drug dealers. Yep. Then they make alliances along the way. Axel, it's the two goofy partners. Tag for, it. 
tag Rose in, Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rose Thor? In yes. Wizard of Oz, it's the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the the, the Scarecrow Lion. Right. Yep, yep. In um, the Last Starfighter, it's the um, what's his name? Uh, Century. They say yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then they are given the the prophecy. They are the chosen one. Right. You know, even like I mean, Neo is Neo. He's the chosen. Yeah, it's the same, the same story. Well, Be- Be- Beverly Hills Cop is that he's he's the hot shot. He's the gun right. detective that's been brought in, and he's the one that's going to solve the case because he's the one that has but the he's experience. Not, he, he enforces himself upon them. Well, I mean, there's it's it's the framework. It's 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 every film, every yeah. fi- every every story is is a tabletop with four legs. But it's whether it's made of glass or it's made of wood or it's made of concrete or it's made of so like it's all like Frodo, Fro- Frodo is given Frodo's given the burden of being you have to be the one that carries the ring he doesn't want it and then there's the re- the refusal oh, I don't want I don't want partners oh, I don't want to work this case or I want to cross over film be. here man I, want to I just want to see a video of like like scenes of Dorothy then there's to Axel F then there's there's more often than not there's the the mentor there's the one that looks after them the mentor is usually one yeah, right. the center, yes. the, yeah, century, or, century, century. <laughs> or, or, there's, or we're there's, talking about Clash of the Titans, though. Or there's there's Gandalf, well, that's a <laughs> or there's Gandalf, or you know, or there's Morpheus, or whatever the case may be. Right. Invariably, more often than not, the 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 the, the person that looks after them, the the, the mage, the wizard, uh, they will sacrifice themselves so that the hero will learn a learn a valuable in, in invaluable lesson through which they can put in place the mechanisms that will lead them to the end of the story. They overthrow the dark shadow, whatever the dark shadow happens right. to be. And then when, when in any good story, what should happen is when the, 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 the shadow is overthrown, yeah. it cannot be reversed. Right, They've changed right. the world for the better, yep. which is yep. why then when sequels show up, then you're just like, oh, well, you know, yeah. like it's just kind of like a cash grab because the story was tied off beforehand. Totally. But it's the it's it's the exact same it's the exact same Principle, model, you know, yeah. Time yeah, and, and time and time and time. No, it again. is really interesting. It's I, not really much point watching movies anymore. Well, he's ruined it for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll be like, is this a hero's journey or what? But um, it, it is. It's classic. Star Wars is the exact same. He's the chosen one. He yeah, shows up. Yeah. Obi Wan's the wizard that looks after him. He learns that he's you know the savior of the universe. Makes a hero alliances along the way. Han Solo, Chewbacca, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Learns how to fly a fighter pilot and then destroys the Death Star, irreversibly changing the the the, the way that this new saves world the day. Will, and saves the day. Yeah, like it's yeah. the exact same story over and over and over and over. It's it is literally plug and play. Once you once you have this formula, you literally just have to change the names. I'm writing and my then next film a, as look, we dude, speak. I'm writing it in a, my head. It's a good digression, but it's no time zone. It is no time zone. You're right. Because no, okay. if I had six bucks in my pocket right now, man, I'd be up to my neck in fucking tickets. What about Daytona? Oh, yeah. Are you fanging for a game of that? It's just the race. Remember? Oh, that was yeah, the totally I do. <laughs> I do, I do. Now, I was going to, like, you know, we've explained that it's not an original concept. It's just a new concept no, in which it's it is played. very well handled. But it's, um, it is done well. It is very well handled. Something that ate this pretty fast, like a year later. I don't know if you guys remember the book. Um, I think it was, what was the author's name? Gillian Rubenstein. Um, Space Demons. Did you ever read that book? And no. Oh my god! I can't believe you never read it. It was a big book, right? I mean, I'm, in the 80s I'm interested. The 90s. And it was it was kids playing games that put them in. Oh, I know how it ends. Like you know, it's a hero's journey. So. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it is. 
Um, it was part of the curriculum in Queensland, funnily enough. Maybe not here in Victoria. Oh, but fucking what was it? What was it called? Space Demon. Space it has, Demon. It has. Uh, it's a trilogy. There's. Um, I only read Space Demon Space Two Demons and Space Sky Demon Maze. Three. Is it? <laughs> I never read the third one. I don't know what the third one was, but I read the read the second one. But yeah, no, it aped it. It won a lot of awards. But I remember when we had to read the book, I I didn't go. This is the hero's journey. But I went. This is the last Starfighter. I love this movie. (laughs) This book's ripped it off. Yeah. Has someone has someone alerted the last Starfighter people that this lady's winning awards for their film? But anyway, okay, in, so in, I thought that was going to be a digression space team. And in, no one's in, read well, it. No, but in, dude, suddenly, <laughs> like, we're, I reckon 80% of this podcast has been other things yeah, except yeah, yeah, for yeah. the last stuff. In fact, just before, if I say the name enough, though, yeah, I figure, true. you know. If we, just before we move on, if you right. are interested in the hero's journey, mm. there's a guy called Joseph Conrad, right. uh, wrote a book called The Hero of a Thousand Faces. And right. it's kind of like the, 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 the duck's nuts of. Wow. These so if, if you read the Hero of a Thousand yeah, Faces, yeah. it will break this structure down. I read it when I was at writing school. Right, right, yeah. right. And yeah, it breaks it down. I remember that book because you open it up, the first page says spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. So back onto casting. So right. we discussed Lance Guest. Um the reason they chose him for this role is pretty much because he has that sort of um Jimmy Stewart sort of sensibility about him. He's very sort of fresh faced, likable kind of character. Yeah, charming. And I guess, you know, yeah, yeah he has that innocence boy next Whoa, door. Oh, I don't have the money. To I was Bob's say, got your, oh my yeah, God. Bob's got your money and, 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 and Tad's got your money. He <laughs> shouldn't have mentioned his name. <laughs> um, so he's a good fit. But like, unfortunately for Lance Guest, after Last Starfighter, it wasn't like it led to a bunch of massive roles for him. He did, you know, the odd movie, Never in a Lead. Did a load of TV. He did a very important you know. film. Are we talking about Late Phases, the werewolf film from 2014? No. Awesome, oh, awesome, awesome. High five. Yes. Awesome film. It? Yeah. It was Michael Brody in Jaws 4. Oh, yes, of oh, course. Of which course. currently has the, um, the oh, what would be the word for it? Um, I guess there's only probably Van about ten, 10 of these films <laughs> that sit on currently on 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it, it shocks me that Jaws of Revenge sits on 0% because like, yep. Jaws 3 is sitting on 10%. And I'm like, Jaws 3 is not, you know, it's great if you watch it in better. 3D, but apparently so. <laughs> I was like, Jaws of Revenge, is that really worthy of 0%? Like, no. no of course I, not. I can watch and enjoy the shit out. Yeah. If anything, for Michael Caine dancing. Well, that, <laughs> that, that new Jim Carrey film's on 0% as well. Dark Crimes. Oh, well, I have watched that, yeah. It's really... You didn't mind it, yeah. It's fine. Like, yeah. it's, it's certainly not a 0% film. So the idea that Jaws, Jaws, that's just... That's just trolls being dicks. I don't know. Jaws of Revenge, shocking. Anyway, uh, other casting. Alex's girlfriend, Maggie. She's played by Catherine Mary Stewart, who we mentioned earlier. Also is quite old to be playing an 18-year-old, but Wasn't that doesn't matter. Wasn't she in matter. Weekend of Bernie's? She was in Night of the Comet. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that one? <laughs> <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Let's um, do a podcast on Night of the Comet. She's great, but she had a similar fate to Lance Guest. She never really quite she made it She was in Jaws either. 4 too. <laughs> <laughs> She never quite made it. Like she, you know, she did a few roles, but always bit parts, never leads. Yeah. And it's a shame because I always loved her. I thought she was, you know, I thought she was beautiful, but I thought she was a terrific actress. Um, but then you've got the other actors, the more classic actors in this film, like um, Robert Pest, uh, Preston. And this was Robert Preston's last movie. Was. A century oh. as well. And he's quite the talent. He came out of Broadway and he was famous for doing The Music Man and ended up doing it. I think he won the Tony for that and ended up doing it on screen early 60s and won the bloody Golden Globe for it. I love him in this yeah. film. Yeah. He's so good. He's he reminds me of Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap. Yes. Like that. Absolutely. Yes. That kind yeah. of character. Absolutely. The fact he's in like a futuristic car kind of makes that and he's, connection. Yeah. He's still got that kind of old school 
forties and fifties acting aesthetic. He delivers, you know, the like lines he like delivers like a the line thespian. like a crowd. Yeah, exactly, yeah. with like a classic thespian. He's a really likable character. I mean, he yeah. has that traveling salesman. And he doesn't give a fuck. Him, but he's like great. he just he's carefree. Yeah. True. You True. know, everyone's going like, "Are you sure this kid's got it?" What you know? He yeah, he's like, "Oh no, yeah, yeah, he'll he's, be fine." He sent them out everywhere, and it's like you weren't supposed to send them to Earth, yeah. you know, to find. It. He's like, "Oh no, yeah, we need to be saved." So you know, yeah. but it's like I'm cast it's, a it's, wide it's, net. <laughs> it's like he can make the most mundane dialogue feel as though it's been perfectly scripted, like yeah. just the way he delivers yeah. the his, line. His delivery yeah. is, you yeah. know, oh boy, very yeah, he's very controlled. Well, we put it on Earth because you know. He's terrific. And then the, the uh, only other actor I want to mention is Dan O'Hurley. He plays uh, Grig, you know, the, the Easter egg reptilian um, co-pilot that Alex is sort of saddled with. Um, I had a funny feeling, though, the other guy, you know, the evil guy, the bald guy. That, yes, yes. He's been in other things, too. Now, I haven't yeah. done any research to back myself up. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't done any notes on him. Six pages, and I haven't even mentioned oh, it. Oh, mate. All right, we'll forget about that. Um, I wanted to mention, though, you know, he's got that laugh about him that, you know, that I don't want to do it because I've got a cough at the moment. If I do that, I'll be in, in, in bits for quite some time. But he's got that really... Um, old man kind of gravelly you know, yeah kind yeah. of laugh and raspy it feels like the kind of laugh that was ripped off um, by the actor Robert Lewown I think it was who plays Crichton in Red Dwarf yeah you know and oh, some yeah. of his characteristics and that laugh feel like they're directly ripped from this film like I, look, there's nothing supporting No, dude, it's it, just that know. hero's journey thing. Like, know, it's as easy. It's all, all, the same. all the same. All comes down to, and you might know Dan from, um, from Robocop 1 and 2, plays the old man from OCP. So you under know that me. Oh, the really? That's yeah, it. He always seemingly plays a villain, except for in this movie. Like he plays a bad guy in so many movies. Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, another Carpenter connection. He's the villain <laughs> in that. See his he eyes plays, light up there. Um, Cochrane. He's the villain in that. See, so yeah, there's right. another one. This whole universe what all was revolves the name? around the Halloween what franchise. What was the name of the thing you worked for in Robocop? OCP. Yeah, OCP. you know me. Yeah. Yeah. OCP. Yeah, yeah. Are you down with OCP? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Viewloring is the place to stream cult movies for free. Like I'm talking mutated sharks, megastorms, exploitation, low-budget indies, and shit tons of other stuff. Viewloring boasts a huge selection of the good, the bad, and the weird in between. Fakeship.net uses their service. Mm-hmm. Guilty as charged. Be rad like them. Viewloring. Alternative streaming. Visit viewloring.com. Like, right now. You too can go on your very own hero's journey and it all starts with Franchised, the other show that we do on FakeShemp.net podcast. We're now into series two and we're calling it Franchised 2. If you're listening to this, then you know how to find it. Just backtrack through the episodes to whichever one floats your boat. Actually, hit them all up. They're super fun. The funny thing is, look, and if Jason Lively ends up listening to this, which I highly doubt because he's too busy pursuing projects at the moment because we've seen him in so many films since Night of the Creeps. And, um, I'm going to hashtag, hashtag him. He's not. But I'm going to hashtag him. Look at him and look at Blake Lively. It's a, you know, There's definitely some other blood in there that's um, some better, better genes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to hashtag him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> the Toxic Twins, Toxic Avenger Part 5, the film that still hasn't happened, although there has been... Some discussion and uh, rumours recently to suggest that it might actually be happening. The script is done and it's all a matter of scrounging the money together. And that's sort the of script a, is done. The well, script I'm glad is done. That would have taken a long time. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> they found a spare 15 fucking minutes to get it out. Like. <laughs> franchise 2. It's the sequel to Franchise 1. And you can hear it on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts. <laughs> You did it! <laughs>
era this movie came out of, we mentioned earlier, it was very much the era of the birth, point-op video yeah, games. The birth arcade, of video tech, games and tech. Tech movies, tech. tech you know, like yeah. Short Circuit. And Early tech. Kind of yeah. Early Short tech. I haven't thought Short Circuit in era. years. So this is like when people actually went to video game arcades to play proper games and not just play like you know, shitty asteroids Boop. on you know Boop. the home Atari sort of thing. Hey, you know how in my spare time I like to write scripts for sequels that will never happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Short Circuit 3 is the next one there. That would be terrific. They, Actually, you're just they, making this up as you go. They pull the blanket off. He's dusty, and he becomes like. And they <sighs> new data. They fucking like, be like soup a, him up, yeah. and he becomes like some fucking gaming champion of the world. That'd and, be great. Yeah. Imagine he Is goes Steve from like a, still in it. I want him to be. You don't bring Ali Sheedy uh, back. She doesn't need to be in this. Yeah, it's true. What I want to know is Steve Gutenberg. He needs it. Steve. (laughs) And if you do this, maybe we can get Cocoon Three, and you've got to write it. The Indian guy has to come back. Oh, um, what's his name? (laughs) Oh my God, what's his name? He's not. Obviously, he's not Indian. He just does brown face. Oh, wasn't it? I'm Daryl Mitikif. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback to rewind and digress. One pet cemetery episode. This is a shamble. (laughs) Mitikif. This is the most. It's like I had six pages of notes, and (laughs) we just digressed. (laughs) You know, I'm just skipping notes. Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? Uh, I want to see what you do with the uh, when the I when, remember when, that when, guy's when, name, the actor, because he went brown face for it. Like people would be horrified, horrified by yeah. Short Circuit too if they knew if they. Oh, I did, actually I digress one more time before you come up with <laughs> no. your point. I rewatched um, Who's Harry Crumb and John Candy <laughs> does brown face in it. Good oh God. my God, and it's hilarious though. And I'm like, yeah. he couldn't do it in this day well, and Chris age. Chris Lilly's about know? to do it again on Netflix. So. Oh yeah, his oh, new show. Yeah. Oh, you were thinking, but he is. I think time. I believe he's doing a a white person pretending to be an African American just with heavy tan. Similar, so to that. much better. Yeah, Jonah. so it's a white guy pretending to be a white woman pretending to be a black woman. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, I've never been a fan of Chris. Neither, Lee, but I. I saw the trailer for this and I went, I actually do want to watch this. Yeah, really? Yeah, it, yeah I did. It's the first thing he's ever this done is, that I go, oh, I might have a look the, at it. This is a digression we don't need to have. No, no, I know. no. He gets enough press, so let him let him do his own. He thing. can do his own thing. What were you going to talk about? Sean? No, I don't <laughs> we remember. We digress so far. Yeah, I don't remember. remember. Was no. it short circuit related? Okay, cool. Um, oh, short circuit. No, it was short circuit. Like, yeah, <laughs> his his memory banks go from like two hundred fifty six megabytes to yeah. what's he going to get like a terabyte now or something like? Absolutely, man. Really jam packing, like it's, that's for yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, he had less than an iPod, so you know, his brains were about be, to burst. Got to be more than that. Look at the technology that the short that Johnny Five has like bypassed. Like he's since his last appearance in Short Circuit Two, yeah. technology's come like I mean, some We bands. actually have a fucking overload, man. Like it's, Boston Robotics. He short circuit. Yeah, Boston Robotics just yeah. leave Johnny Five in, in the dust. Anyway, come that, soon. That, that actor that played that went brown yeah. face in Short Circuit 2, that was Fisher Stevens. Oh, and yeah. Fisher Stevens, you may remember, is the villain from Hackers. But he was yes. also... Uh, oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> the <laughs> guy the with the... Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the goth-looking dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also a villain in um, Super Mario Brothers because I think he gets turned into a Goomba by a dinosaur. Oh, let's do Which Super Which brings us back to the hotspot. Let's so, do, let's, this let's is like do, seven degrees of everything. Let's do Super Mario Brothers one day. Please, let's do Super it's Mario Brothers. It's a fucking struggle of a movie to watch, oh, but I'll tell you what, well, I'll do well, it. Joffrey's behind that one anyway, digression. What a film. I fucking love that. What's your name? Mario. Mario what? Mario, Mario. What's your name? Luigi. Let me guess. Luigi, Luigi? No, Luigi Mario. <laughs> Every time it kills me. <laughs> I don't know why it tickles me as much as it does. John, yeah, John Leguizamo is so earnest when he delivers it as well. John Leguizamo. Oh, yeah. The Pest. The Pest. One of my most hated movies of all time. That is a fucking... That's a But trial. hey, how like, many, how many movie. movies have real-life pedophiles as the main villain? Oh, this much is true. 
Which <laughs> Jeffrey was Jones. Jeffrey Jones. I just yeah, watched yeah. Jeffrey Jones last night and who's Harry Crumb? He was in it. He was <laughs> oh in it. Oh, my God. I know. It's so weird. And Danny goes, who's that again? And I go, you remember um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? And she goes, yeah. And I go, also, I believe he might be um, a sex child sex offender. At least he, I know that he owned child pornography. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. Moving on. Is um, anybody going to listen to this fucking dude, episode? <laughs> he was cast in Deadwood after he was a pedophile, so the producers of Deadwood have a lot to answer for. Oh, God. Yeah, right. Did Brian Singer guest direct any of that, <laughs> that series? Oh, I mean, he would have been welcome on set, as long as Dexter Fletcher came along to fix it up once he left. I but know. anyway. The idea that that film won anything. <laughs> we don't oh, need no, to go let's there. Let's not talk about that, because <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, but we don't need to talk about that. What, in fact, the what movie are we talking about? Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. No, no, no. Like this podcast. Oh, the last star. Oh, right. okay, the last right. starfighter. Yeah. And the last starfighter. See, we say it enough. What happened I to reckon... the first starfighter? Yeah, yeah, right. He was rubbish. Well, but... yeah, no, it didn't really work out too well for him. I think they do mention that the the second last starfighter. They, well, actually, they later ruin all those starfighters because remember when he goes up and he's in the class with all the crazy aliens. Yeah. Um, and then when they say, you know, who else sort of survived? They're like, well, no one. It's just Alex, sort of thing. And it's like, oh. Our last hope is a human, you know. Um, so yeah, he is he's legitimately the last starfighter. Anyway, his middle name's Dorothy. Do you know, do you know why he's the last starfighter? Why is because that? Because he's the last hope. If you can get him, then everything's fucked. Well, there you go. It just that's and again, it's that hero's journey. Thing. It's the hero's journey. It all comes back to the hero's and journey. And all he had to do was click his heels three times. Yep. And what I wanted to mention, because we've delved into. So many things, including um, <laughs> nobody's going to listen to this fucking offended, episode. <laughs> is that this film was born of an era of less cynicism and more innocence, and it feels like it, you know, it has a very Spielbergian quality to it. You know, it's, it does. It's one of the best yeah. Spielberg well, films. Spielberg the didn't trailer park stuff, stuff yeah. at the start is so Spielberg. Absolutely, yeah, that's probably yeah. what I gravitated towards as a kid. Once it gets up in the air, it's a bit more John Carpenter. And it's funny how um, Ready Player One is starts off in the trailer park True. and it goes up. Yeah, like, you know, it's very. I yeah. love the trailer park. Is this the most like clean and sanitized trailer park you've ever it's seen? A nice, it's so it's wholesome. A nice, it's a nice yeah. trailer park. It's like yeah. the trailer park I would consider living in. Like, yeah. you don't see Buck coming around the corner in his fucking pickup truck, do you? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> none of that. No, or uh, the lads from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> no trouble from them. Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward rolling in from Tremors. Oh, man, I fell into a Tremors hole before, I tell you what. Yeah, Grab right. Wood Burrow, had to take a shit, looked up Wikipedia. In there for 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 are they making any more of those? Seven. Of course they are. Covered, yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. Vincenzo Natale directed a pilot episode for a new TV series yeah. with Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. And it got dropped. And it Did they end up releasing it, that no. pilot out just so people could see it? Uh, there's there's footage of it on YouTube. I don't right. know if it's a whole yeah, episode, I don't but think they the whole should. Episode. Maybe number seven when it comes out will have a special feature in it. Who's directing number seven? Don Michael Ball again? Probably, but he doesn't is, matter because Michael Gross is coming back. He is caning up fucking sequels just now. He's like one of the go-to guys. Him and Royal Ren, those two are just do you, banging that sequels. Do you want to talk about Last Starfighter well, at all? Well, Oh, I don't know. Well, The Last Starfighter. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to touch on Spielberg and the fact that Spielberg and Castle would actually collaborate at one point in time because they... Uh, I think it was Nick was co-wrote the story concept for Hook back really? in 1991. That Actually, didn't pan that out so well. So they never worked together again, unfortunately, yeah. until Spielberg saw fit to rip. Well, no, he didn't really because it was based on a book that probably ripped Once, off from The Last Starfighter. Oh. That book would have ripped off from The Last Starfighter because it's a whole pop culture book. Yeah, man. And I wonder if the cars in that car sequence in, in Ready Player One where they're all about to take off, that probably does have Century's car in it. has there. to be. Anyway, that's that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> um, 
production design. You were talking about the fact that, you know, it's the neatest looking trailer park this yes. side of God knows where. Um, it was originally scripted to be set in suburbia, but they thought the trailer park setting was more like a microcosm of sort of society because it had those mini communities. And, and you're more likely to have an arcade machine, of course, like, yeah. right there. Yeah. And it also, mar- it also gives the, the protagonist an excuse to want to leave. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it, like it if he's living, if he's how small yeah, yeah. town that exactly. place is. Keeps it very like central too. So you've got like when they all go to the lake and he can't go because he's got a fucking Silver Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. But not the Silver Lake. No. California, although it was shot in California, so actually was they shot some near the Griffith Observatory in that too. That and I was like, oh fuck, that's amazing. Anyway, that's not even a digression because it was about the film. No, I know. I'm like, I'm like that. <laughs> it was that, the most uninteresting yeah. part of the whole <laughs> discussion. That that might be the longest we've stayed on topic since we started. <laughs> but the trailer park and its design, obviously, quite simple, and I think that's good because it's a stark contrast from Rylos and you know anywhere else in outer space. So yeah. you know, it, it's a good differentiation. Um, Ron Cobb was the guy that was the production designer on the film. This was the first foray for him to work with, you know, CGI. And it was his idea to kind of do it. Um, and he had to convince Nick Castle that, you know, rather than go with models, we should do this with CGI. And I think Nick Castle was a bit apprehensive about it because they they had done CGI in films prior, like Tron, but it never had been photorealism. Yep. You know, sort of CGI. Yeah. It had always been um, graphics that were meant to look like computer graphics and things yeah. of that nature. Um, and this was this was crazy because they thought at a point it was going to be cheaper, obviously, to do this computer graphic stuff rather than all the models and that. And um, not only was it more expensive, but it was a hell of a lot more time consuming because they really this was a groundbreaking film in yep. terms of that photorealism CGI. Um, apparently, it was like fifty times more complex than any CGI that had ever been done in any film prior to that, um, which is pretty cool. And the computers they did it on these supercomputers, this Cray. XMP computer had never been used for this sort of thing before. It was used for military defense and they were um, basically run by like MIT students and things like that. Yeah, right. um, it's pretty crazy stuff. There's a documentary on the Blu-ray that's absolutely worth watching called Crossing the Frontier. Yeah. It delves into the whole production design and yeah, right. how they did these effects and how time consuming it was and how the release date was creeping up and they didn't think they were going to make it and all the breakthroughs that kind of happened in that time. You can watch that documentary for free on YouTube. <laughs> well, What's it called again? Uh, <laughs> Crossing the Frontier, the Making Crossing of the, the Last Front- Starfighter. It's pretty cool. It's a 90s documentary. So it's like it's 4.3 and it's got a real 90s look to it. Yeah. It's like our models Lance Guest with a beard like, look at me, I'm 10 years older. And then he leans against a video game arcade machine and going, you know, hey, remember these things? Because obviously we had Super Nintendos by that point in time. Um, I, but it is a really cool I can't doco. help but think that the film would be just that bit more charming if they'd gone with the models and uh, uh, I, you know I'm always for practical and yeah. models and stuff but I think because this film was there was nothing quite like it at the time no I get that I yeah. kind of find the charm in that and I look at it and I'm like yeah, it a, looks so good but it doesn't at the same there's, time there's, a, there's, a, there's an in hindsight you know knowing yeah. what we know now and how far down the line we've come there's a naivety in the productions of the special yeah. effects, well, you there's know an now when you watch behind that's... the scenes and digital like realization, and they show you that first pass of the effects. Yeah. That's yeah. what this feels like. It yeah. does, totally yeah. does. Yeah. Before it's like, oh, here's like the rendered object, but we've added no detail to it. Yeah, there's stuff. absolutely yeah. no texture, no um, nothing. But yeah, no, I look, I, I, I love that about it. I yeah. love that too. The contrast of the fact that you have all this really cool prosthetic makeup effects in the movie, and then you have all that sort of early gen computer generated yeah. imagery. Plus, he's kind of he's essentially living out the computer game. 
So yeah, the totally. fact that kinda, that's sort of, you know, kind of ties well, in. It's almost nicely. like he's in the computer yeah. game, even though he's not. And the, the special effects, like it's touching on those practical effects, like there's a transformation sequence with the beta unit that's played by Alex, which is actually what I didn't mention when talking about casting is that, you know, Lance Guest does play Alex, but he also plays the beta unit. So he mm. plays dual characters in this film, the beta unit being the duplicate kind of copy of yeah. him that's on Earth to, you know, so no one's, oh, where's Alex gone? Um, he's just spending a lot of time in his bed being weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, And he, he does a killer job of it as well. But those particular scenes with the beta unit were things that kind of came in later. They only had like one scene that tested really well that they went, oh, well, that beta unit stuff kind of, it kind of keeps the tone light and, you know, engages the audience, gives it a bit of humour. So they went back and shot more of that, which meant that Lance Guest, who had been working on another film, had a they had to put a wig on him, which does look weird. You see that, yeah. yeah. He was sick the entire time they did these reshoots. So there's bits where he's like just trying not to sneeze and that, but it kind of looks good because it just looks like he's like a little android. <laughs> well, how um, about that scene when, like, before he's fully developed, they find him in the bed? I was fucking rad. Gasping yeah. for air. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Terrifying. Yeah. I, see, yeah. I loved <laughs> oh it as a kid, but it was one of those few scenes that I could talk to other kids about that they'd seen because I'd give you nightmares. Makeup effects in movies. And it was genuinely had given kids own new nightmares, and they'd be like, "That's so scary." And I'm like, "I oh, know, but like, you can you can watch it because you're allowed to watch it. That's cool, though. You should see the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> American Wheel in London. It'll change your life." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> All right. Surprisingly, we're fucking gunning through this. We are forty-seven minutes. Good we God. are really gunning through it. Okay. Are we? <laughs> Well, We've yeah, been at it for nearly an hour and you've covered one page. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm right down on my notes. Like, I'm right. Because a lot of the stuff I've just thrown into conversation yeah, is gotcha. better. So, another thing I really have to, you know, mention, and I, I probably did, actually, I did right at the start of the podcast, the score, because I said it's one of my all time favorite scores. In fact, I love the score more than I love the movie. And every time I hear the score, it sends sort of like, you know, tingles up my spine. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. just, and I, I have such a love. There's a recognition. You know, watch the movie as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. It's hopeful. It's anthemic. It's there's something really beautiful about it. And it's it's a score that was put together by Craig Saffin, who was a composer that Nick Castle had worked previously with on Tag, and the pair would go on to work on some later films together. Nothing like The Boy Who Could Fly. They wouldn't really rework with one another until the mid '90s, until the Alan DeGeneres film Mr. Wrong and um, the Damon Wayans comedy Major Pain, the fucking classic. Oh Major my Pain. goodness! Good God. Yeah, it's weird to think Nick Castle's... And business this, is know. good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that score just, it was just... I mean, you can tell there's elements about it that are very John Williams. Like, I mean, it is a very John Williams score, but yep. even very Star Wars. Or, it's very 80s. Know, it's very 80s, but it's just pure magic. And he performed the score with like a 100-piece orchestra. It's just, I don't know. It's just something Glorious. Else. I love it. I love it. And that one is on YouTube. If you want to. I don't know. I don't think it's on Spotify either. So the amount of times I've had to do You can jam well. it on YouTube. Tangerine Dream is all over Spotify, and yet, th- for my money, the best soundtrack is for The Keep, Michael oh, Mann's yeah, 1983, yeah, yeah. Uh, and i got to go to YouTube every single time, and it drives me effing nuts. But I have to go to YouTube. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just a pet peeve. I'm going to go to YouTube What's for content. What's it sucks too if you're in the car, because then you've got to keep the video kind of playing, so if you minimize that window, it yeah. just cuts out. If there's anybody listening who deals with YouTube, I mean, all I want in life, all I want in life is just the ability... To close the screen down and still have YouTube play. Is that yeah. possible? Is that possible? Is. I think they've got a why don't paid, you, why don't if, if you've you got a paid subscription, I think it does allow you to do weird things. Like <clears> yeah, but I'm not going to pay for that bullshit. I'm not going to pay for that. I'm not going to pay. What, what, do I, what do I look like to you? Fucking money bags? Come on. Yeah, that's crazy talk. Why don't you just rip, rip it? Well, that, that requires a bit of work, though, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, don't I, have I love it, but I, don't, yeah, yeah. I have one album saved to my no, phone. No, 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 off YouTube. Off YouTube, extract the audio. You never heard that from Yeah, but then I'd have to put it on something then else. I have to, then I have to put it through another I program. Just and I just oh, want my like, God, it's such a fucking we're hard We're just getting so yeah. lazy now. I, I, I do like, tell you, though, <laughs> the, um, the Mutton Birds. I want it on demand, and I, God damn it, I want it. No! The Mutton Birds did a cover of Blue Oyster Colts, Don't Fear the Reaper for the Frighteners, and I fucking love that cover. That is a great cover. on Spotify. The cover that's on Spotify is one from their greatest hits, which is a shitty cover. Um, and yeah, I have to, I've got on CD single. It's in a box somewhere that I'm not getting to anytime soon. So yeah, I have to, I have to play that off YouTube all the time. Who can believe that we've had that conversation on this podcast twice? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Frighteners, we oh, did yeah, a we podcast did. Yeah, on it. And yeah, I reckon you... back to like 2000 and what, 15? Something, like, Something that. like that. Back when the podcast It would have been an shit. anniversary. <laughs> it would have been like a 20th <laughs> anniversary of the movie. Um, look, you know, I want to, I'd say... The theme of this movie for me is believe in yourself. You waker. No, I, I, I generally think it is. It's like when Alex almost quits, you know, saying that he's, you know, he's just a kid from a trailer park and Century responds, if that's all you think you are, that's all you're ever going to be. And, you know, I just I like the score. I find it just inspiring. Not that I ever think that I'm going to be, you know, blasting any aliens into galactic. But honestly, you know, I just, I think that's a beautiful message. Yeah, it's I mean, part particularly of the hero's but, journey. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, but it is. It's like it's that. That's the lesson that he needs to learn mm. in order to vanquish the evil. Yeah, and you know, that's you know, whatever the lesson is, it's, yeah. it's invaluable to the mission. But what what lesson did Axel learn? Uh, I don't know. Well, hey, was, just because just it, because it follows a template doesn't mean it follows a template well. Like it's. I think he, I think it was that uh, they got shit so much better in Beverly Hills than back in Detroit because he finds himself back there another two occasions. Yeah, yeah. We're hoping for a fourth. Which PS for, to make to make amends for the third. Wait, I finally watched part three. Right. Remember last time know, we, when we recorded you, six months like, ago? You're, you're quite a fan of three, aren't you? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> when did that? When did I, that leak? I, I, I finally got around to watching it, right. and it wasn't horrendous. No, well, I'm I a mean, fan like of it for different reasons. Like, I love it. But it's, it's fine. Not, I, yeah, I generally like comedies that aren't funny as well. <laughs> no, I'm I mean, I'm like, it's it. it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's got some moments. Well, not sure. not in the context of like the franchise. Yeah, it's not nearly as cool as part two. But you know, it's a train wreck of a movie, but it's fun to watch. Did we cover that? No. no, I thank God, because I was thinking, I don't remember us covering that franchise. You don't want to? Uh, no, I do. Don't get me wrong. No, absolutely. I'd love to. But I was just thinking, fuck, is my memory that bad? Because yeah. I know that we've talked about it yeah, quite extensively to, yeah. on <laughs> other podcasts <laughs> then, which is hilarious. Um, look, guys, favorite scene from the film? I'm going to say the beginning. like the, yeah. the, the beginning in the trailer park, I think it's, yeah. like The whole like, rapport between the brothers? Yeah, it's like, really grounded. It's really authentic feeling. It's charming, and it's, you know, it's easy breezy and yeah. I think it's yeah I th- I, I, I honestly would the no, wholesomeness of that yeah I, w- I would yeah. have no issue watching an entire film based on that trailer park totally. yeah I think it'd be quite I, quite good I can't say what I was going to say alright continue oh one of one or two scenes for me I'm going to I can't decide which scene the, there's one scene where Alex um, he's got the rejection letter from the bank loan yep. oh, yeah. and he's standing by the trailer heartbreaking park sign, starlight star bright yep. he screws it up and sort of throws it to the ground and it's a crane lift up the sign sort of thing yep. and you can see the backdrop cracking shot yeah it's beautiful and it's also it's just that how insignificant this moment is right now as to what lay in the future for you the foreshadowing yeah it's fucking beautiful it is a beautiful shot uh, that and the final bit where for a moment in time which Stupidly, it has fooled me a few times, even though I've seen this film countless times. Is um, <laughs> every when, he, time. when he lands down back, you know, and he, you know, greets everyone, you know, they've just saved the galaxy, but he's going to leave and that. Um, but he can take someone with him and he wants to take, you know, 
wants to take his girlfriend with him and she's like, oh, I don't know, I can't really go sort of thing. And then he goes and shakes it and he's like, oh, okay, you know, sort of thing. And then he has to go and, you know, kiss his mum, shakes hands and give everyone a bit of a cud. And then he heads back to the spaceship and then she's like, oh, no, no, I will come sort of thing. And so back to the future. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to come, but seriously, and is he just going to be deal with it? Yeah, he's going to be okay with it. a big man. Yeah. Like to, this is an important thing, but the galaxy is the, the, the greater thing. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gets me. But And then the his brother does this like goofy kind of awesome laugh and the score kicks in and the you see the fucking night sky full of stars and like, yeah, what a movie. What a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that really is all I have well, to say Well, do we want it. to talk about the pending sequel that's been in the pipeline for some time yes, now? It's been on again, off again for yeah. a long while. The most recent yeah. was that a guy called Gary Witter who wrote Book of Eli after Earth and Rogue One, Star Wars story. Um, like that has movie. been writing the sequel. Oh, that would be great. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good And that was as of last year. So if it's a sequel, I'm happy. If it's a reboot, it was a sequel. I'll definitely it watch was a sequel. It, yeah. um, Spielberg had wanted to tackle it at one point, a, re- right. a remake, I think, or I'm not yeah, sure about sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Seth Rogen was all over it at one point, right? Through yeah, his right. name in the ring, which that guy kind of goes off on tangents anyway, so it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. this this latest one's Gary Witter, Rogue One guy. That's yeah. exciting. Rogue One's really exciting because that makes me feel like he could do the Google story Drew Dustin. Yeah. Google it because I'm pretty sure he's on the record of saying what he would envision it being wow. and it would be a direct sequel, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah, because it's odd, you know, it never never got the sequel. Like, I mean, it did good box office but really found its audience, you know, on home video. And it's Yeah, what were the numbers classic. like? Oh, I don't know the box office. I know that it, it definitely turned profit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. I guess it was kind of a quiet achiever. But I mean, look at um, you know, Flight Navigator, short, mm. well, not short circuit, but Enemy Mine. They never got sequels. Some of these no. films back then, I mean, it was yeah, it was a, a different dreams, era. These Even tech, the Goonies, these all heavy. these films that there would been talk of, but yeah. it, it sort of never happened. Which is yeah, which is cool. It's like it's left the perfect film. Like that's yeah, cool. That's just capture. what it has to be. Um, and that's a funny thing. Look, this film, you know, obviously came out cinemas, home video in Australia. It has never had a DVD or Blu-ray release in Australia. It's a shame. It's 35 Travesty. years down the track. This is its 35th anniversary, in fact, this Isn't year. It's mental. It's never had a home event release, which is a shame. I think I mean, I've got the 25th yeah. anniversary release. It is, yeah, from yeah. 2009. Yeah. And it's I'll a fantastic Blu-ray. It's got a commentary. It's got two docos. It's got... Um, All of which is on YouTube. Shame they didn't put the... Except the, for the commentary. Yeah. They didn't put the cool art on it, though. No, I know. I love that artwork. Yeah. yeah, it's on the book and tape artwork, um, which I've got. In fact, if you want to listen to the book and tape, you can jump on YouTube and fucking <laughs> done it. You got the images on screen and that. You really? Know. Yeah, I revisited it. I revisited it on the way to work that the other day. That does not surprise me. Yeah, it's I was going to the not best twelve me. minutes of my life this year. <laughs> I love it. Take an hour and forty-five and condense it to twelve, 12 minutes. Twelve minutes, and it's like the narrator doing all the voices, even the girls' voices. I think so. It's pretty cool. Um, look, that's it. That's all I've really got to say. Um, I want to thank you guys for sharing in conversation about this glorious movie. <laughs> thank you very pleasure. much. It's been a yeah. pleasure. This has been my favourite digressive episode. <laughs> See, we've really lived up to the podcast <laughs> yeah. title. It took some time, but yeah. we got there. And that we'll is quite, rad. Yeah, we've been quite controlled about it up yeah. until now. Excellent. And a shout out to the Screaming Minis for our theme music. Thank you very much. Thank Remember. you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, mate. Star Light, Star Bright, the place where Alex and Maggie left for the stars. Keep watching what you're doing. Oh, this is now. This baby really packs a punch.